you're listening to The Ashley Lachlan Show. I'm Ashley, and I'm here to help you build a wildly successful and profitable business on social media. I created my own rags to riches story and built a seven-figure business on social media in the midst of motherhood, and my passion is helping other female entrepreneurs do the same. I'm sharing my best marketing, mindset, and sales strategies to help you love the process and scale your business to six figures and beyond. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode where we are diving into content, but not just any content, content that converts followers into clients. This is one of my absolute favorite topics, something I am super, super passionate about, and something that sets me apart from a lot of other industry experts. So let's dive right in because ain't nobody got time to waste. Let's start with some misconceptions. Have you been told any of the following? Have you been led to believe any of the following? That in order to be successful, you have to reach out to X number of people a day to build those relationships in the DMs. You have to reach out, you have to start conversations, ask them about their job, their life, their dog, their hobbies. Not only that, you then have to invite them to whatever it is you're selling or offering. So you awkwardly take it from, hey, I'm this internet stranger and I want to get to know you, to then, hey, do you want to buy my product or join my group? Have you been told that in order to make sales, you have to be building relationships in the DMs because this is a relationship business and it's relationship marketing? Have you been told that you have to post to social media every single dang day? Have you been told or led to believe that you have to have a perfectly cohesive feed? That every picture has to be of you, of your face, It has to have the right preset. It has to all fit into your aesthetic and your theme. And then lastly, that you have to share your life every day in stories. You can't miss a day. No matter what season of life you're going through, no matter what struggle is, you have to show up on those stories every day. Or else you aren't serious about your business and you aren't building a business and you're never going to make sales. I was taught many of these things. I was led to believe many of these things. And I actually shared many of these things with people and told them to do it. And now I am issuing a worldwide apology for anyone I led to believe these things. And I have learned that these aren't actually the truth. That it is possible to be wildly successful without doing these things. The reality is that with the right content, you can attract people to you like a magnet. With the right content, you can build relationships through your posts. You can do relationship marketing through your public content. You can build the know, like, trust, remember factor through your public content. And that's exactly what I did. The reality is that posting every single day will actually hurt the reach of your best posts. So if you have a really incredible, impactful, powerful post and you post it on a Monday 
and it does really well. It's getting a lot of engagement, has a lot of impressions, but here comes Tuesday. And on your to-do list, it says post to Instagram. So you come up with some post. It's not that great, but at least you're posting. You're showing up to your business. You're checking something off your to-do list and you make that post. That's actually hurting the reach of the better post that you posted the day before. So what I've learned is that you don't have to show up every single day. The quality is far, far, far more important than quantity, than just putting out crap to check things off your list and to make you feel good about showing up to your business each day. Next is that creating content that is more shareable is better than pretty pictures of yourself. So a few years ago, yes, the trend was these perfectly beautiful feeds, all pictures of yourself. But that trend has changed. Now, if you are an influencer, then sure, beautiful pictures of yourself is still required. That's still on trend for you. But if you were trying to be a business owner and make sales, if you were trying to sell your own offers or your own products or your own services, you have to treat your social media differently than one would treat it as an influencer. So if you're a business owner, you want to create content that people are more willing to share. You want to create valuable posts that people want to save, want to tag other people in, want to share in their stories. And so ask yourself if you have this incredible caption, this really value-packed caption and post, but the picture is a picture of you. Do you think a lot of people would want to share it? When it's a picture of you, the caption might be really powerful, but the image is of someone they don't really know. Whereas if you had an image with a quote, so you went to Canva, you created a graphic that matched your brand colors, you had this really impactful quote or a chart or a graph, or maybe you make a tweet image. And so to do that, you can, I go to Twitter and I make the tweet on Twitter and then I screenshot it, but you could easily just go into Canva and make a template where you don't have to go to Twitter. But I'm like, might as well kill two birds with one stone, right? If I'm going to make a tweet image, might might as well just make the actual tweet. Um, But people are more likely, more inclined to share those images, an image that has just a really powerful quote or chart or graphic. One that doesn't have someone's face on it or a picture of someone's kid. When I look at my analytics, my top performing posts are not pictures of me. They are the graphic images that I have created in Canva or the tweets or carousels that I have have created in Canva as well. Because those are more likely to be shared, more likely to be saved. So I am giving you permission right now to stop posting only pictures of yourself and to go into Canva and to create an image that is powerful and is shareable. And then in terms of showing up to stories and sharing every aspect of your life, I am giving you permission to stop that as well. So I made this transition earlier this year. I used to be someone who was sharing everything on social media. And if if it was 10 a.m. and I didn't have three stories out already, I would feel really anxious. 
and think, oh my gosh, I'm not relevant. People are going to wonder where I am. And then I would just do stories of the most random crap just so that I could feel good about myself showing up on stories. And then I started to learn from other industry professionals and learned that it's actually better to share what's most important through the lens of your business. And I gave myself permission to stop posting so much to stories and to only share what was most relevant to my ideal client avatar and to my audience. So I stopped posting random stuff and filler content and really only started sharing what was most beneficial, what really spoke to my ideal client. I started to do more mini trainings. I started to share more behind the scenes. I started to address more pain points of my ideal client. And I started to take days off of stories. So usually one or two days a week, I will not show up on stories at all. And I no longer have this stress over, oh my gosh, I am not showing up to my business. I'm not being consistent. I am losing people. Because I did some research and I found that people are more excited to see a new story of yours, that ring around your, your profile photo, when they haven't seen you for a day. There is something called audience burnout and story fatigue. And so if you're doing so many stories and you're always there, it doesn't give your audience much to look forward to. They know what to expect. I started to look at some of the accounts that I love following. They're very educational, very informative, and they were not posting to their stories every day. They were typically taking weekends off or certain days a week off. And I found myself craving their content, constantly going to Instagram and seeing, did they post a story or what is their story today? And then when I see at the top of my Instagram that, oh, they have a new story, I am far more inclined and excited to click on it to see what it is. Because they aren't burning me out. They're only, they're keeping me so excited and enticed. And they aren't sharing every single aspect of their life, every single moment of their day, or every single thing that their kid was doing. And I found that so refreshing. And so I started to apply that same approach to my stories. And one, it brought me so much more peace where I wasn't stressed and feeling like I had to be on my stories all day long. And it gave me more clarity on what is truly important to my ideal client. What actually sells? What establishes me as a credible authority that they want to work with? Does all of this other stuff that I'm posting really establish me as an authority? Sure, I do think it's important to share some personal aspects of your life. I believe in the 70-30 rule. So 70% of your content should be focused on your business, 30% should be focused on your personal life or share aspects of your personal life. But I feel like prior to this switch, I had it flipped and I was doing 70% of my stories were my personal life and then 30% was business. And once I made that switch, I noticed a huge difference in my own sanity, my own joy for the business, and then my actual business results and the sales I was making. So I am giving you permission right now to stop showing up in your stories all day, every day, and really focus on that 70% business, 30% personal life role. So now let's do a little content audit. I want you to go to your Instagram and answer these questions. Number one, 
Does your feed scream, look at me or learn from me? Are you constantly bragging about your business success, your home, your kids, your life, your weight loss, your hair, whatever it is you're selling? Or does it scream, learn from me? Let me be your guide. Let me be your mentor. Let me teach you things for free. Come here to learn. As I said, the accounts that I love following are the ones who show up with really powerful free content that I learn from. That every day I'm typing in that account or that person's name because I know I'm going to learn something from them. Second, out of the last nine posts, how many of your posts taught something or offered value? Three tips to doing this. Four mistakes you're making. The one thing that can change blank for you. Are you teaching or again, are you posting more self-serving content? Posts of yourself or posts of random things or posts of your children just so you can cross post Instagram off your to-do list. Next is do you have that balance of 70% business, 30% relatable personal content, both in your feed and in your stories? And then out of your last nine posts, how many of them have your face in the posts? Now, again, this goes back to what I was saying, where I'm not saying you have to have your face in nine of your last photos. If you have those shareable graphics, amazing, great. But do you have more posts of your children, your dog, sunsets, random photos than you do of business-related content or yourself? Because then that's the problem. Next, is your feed more of a family album or more of a business that is speaking to its ideal client avatar? Oftentimes, I have people come to me and they say, you know, I just, I'm not making sales. And then I go to their page and it's just all random pictures of their kids and their family, like extended family, aunts, uncles, nieces. And I understand wanting to honor the people in your life that you love, but that doesn't serve your business and that can confuse your audience. So that is content that you can share in your your stories, of course, but doesn't really deserve space real estate space on your feed. Is your philosophy or your secret sauce apparent? What makes you different than other people in your industry? We're going to dive into this one in a moment. But are you just blending in? Do you have the same bland message as every other coach or distributor or realtor in your industry and market? Or is there something that makes you polarizing or sassy and different? And then lastly, how often are you pitching in your posts? How often are you extending those public invites for people to buy from you, to join you, to click the link in your bio, to join your free group, to join your free challenge, whatever it may be? This is another one. People say, I can't make sales. And that's because they're never pitching in their stories, or in their posts. So do this little content audit to see where you are and what you need to improve on. And now let's dive into the five steps for creating content that converts followers into clients. Step one is 
Get clear on your philosophy or identify your secret sauce. What is your differentiator? The way to stand out in a saturated market is to be different. So you might want to do some competitor research and see what your competitors are sharing, posting, promoting, teaching. And ask yourself, how are you different? How is your philosophy different? How is your approach different? What do you disagree with? So for example, mine, one of mine is this right here, that you can create content that converts publicly, that you do not have to be sending invites and doing reach outs and building relationships in the DMs to make sales. A lot of people, the majority of the people in my industry teach this. And then the majority of people in network marketing are like, invite, invite, invite. You have to be reaching out. You have to be connecting with people. You have to be building relationships in the DMs. And I have built two really successful businesses by not doing that, by building relationships publicly, by establishing my authority publicly, by telling stories that connect with my ideal client avatar on a deep level publicly. So that is one of my differentiators. So if you are a health and fitness coach, what is your specialty? Do you teach and promote macros or keto or paleo or portion control or vegan-based eating or intuitive eating? Or are you just trying to promote nutrition in general? Who is that really speaking to? I've talked a lot about niching down and the importance of knowing your target audience and then what service you provide to that target audience. That is your niche. But being crystal clear in how you are different. So if you are a health and fitness coach, you have to go beyond, I help women eat healthy. And you have to really take a stand and say, I believe in macros. And I don't believe that intuitive eating works or vice versa. You have to say, I believe in intuitive eating and I don't believe that any of the other diets out there work because they actually cause disordered eating in the long run. You have to be polarizing. You have to take a stand on something and you have to almost be sassy. I have a one-on-one -on -one client who has a PhD in literacy. She has her own tutoring business. She's getting ready to put out some courses. And I asked her what her belief on early literacy was and what children should know by the time they went to kindergarten. And she shot back at me with this really long, passionate, heated response of how she disagrees with what so many experts are out there preaching and what society is teaching us and that that goes against all research. And she had stats and facts and figures. And I said, wow, none of this comes out in your social media content. You're very vanilla and very general. If you were to put some of this sass, some of this heat and passion into your content, it would blow up. And sure enough, she sent me a message and said, put a little bit of sass into today's post and already got tons more engagement. 
when you take the time to figure out what your secret sauce is, what's your differentiator, what is your philosophy, how are you different from everyone else out there who is in your industry, and you get on your soapbox and you start to really preach and harp on what you believe is right, what you teach as your method, as your approach, you will draw the right people to you and you will push the wrong ones away. And you will also develop that authority and that credibility. So I'm giving you permission to be a little sassy or a lot sassy, whatever you want to be, in your posts, but do not be vanilla. Do not be bland and try to blend in with what everyone else is doing. It's okay, and I encourage you, it's almost necessary to go against the grain, to figure out what your framework is, how you guide clients through their journey. Step two is identifying your ideal client avatar. This is the person you want to work with, your dream client, the person you want to attract. Now, this can be a real person. If you already have a dream client, then you can base your ideal client avatar off of this dream client. If you do not have a dream client, then you want to create this person. It's going to be a persona that you develop and you identify a series of traits that make this person who they are. And I'm going to dive more into this in a moment. But when you create your ideal client avatar, it will bring you so much clarity. This was a huge factor in my business growth. There is a very clear distinction in my business of life before having an ideal client avatar and life and business after having an ideal client avatar. The biggest mistake you can make is trying to appeal to everyone of thinking that the more people you market to and appeal to, the more sales you'll make. Because the reality is that that's not how it works. That just makes you really watered down, very vague, very general, and nobody feels like they connect to you. Nobody feels like you are solving their problem. They just keep scrolling by your content because they don't think that you're actually speaking to them. But when you switch from speaking to a stadium of people and begin speaking to one specific person, you will notice a huge change in your business almost overnight. So once you create your ideal client avatar, every piece of content you create speaks just to her. So the first client avatar I ever created, her name was Taylor. And so I went on Google, I found a picture of a girl I gave her the name Taylor. I went through and I I identified all of her traits, which I'm going to go over with you in a second. And I had her printed out and I had her next to my desk and computer. And anytime I sat down to write anything, I'd ask myself, what does Taylor need to hear today? Not, oh, what do I feel like posting today? And the change, as I said, the shift that happened in my business was almost immediate. Because I stopped appealing to no one and I started to appealing to the tailors of the world, the tailors who fit those traits, who had those problems. And that made all the difference. So what you want to do is you want to sit down and you want to list out her general demographics. What's her age, gender. So I say her because most of the people I work with only work with women. But if you have men, fine. Marital status, children. You want to have this general idea of who it is am I trying to, who am I trying to work with? What season of life is she in? 
And then what is her socioeconomic status? What is her education level? What is her occupation? What is her income? That plays a huge role in selling. What are her favorites? Her favorite brands, her favorite podcasts, her favorite people, her favorite foods. And then what are her spending habits? So where does she shop? Where does she eat? Is she someone who cooks in every single meal? Is she someone who likes to go out to restaurants? Is she someone who is getting Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, whatever it is called in your area multiple times a week, doesn't care about the delivery fees or the extra fees on top. She just doesn't want to cook and likes to eat. Those spending habits you may think don't come into play, but in reality, they do come into play. What is she spending on health and fitness? Does she go to a gym? Does she belong to a really fancy high-end gym? Or is she going to one that's $10 a month? Does she work out at home? Is she a runner and refuses to spend any money on health and fitness? What about, you know, hair care? You can even dive deep into that, especially if your business is in hair care. Is she buying high-end shampoo or the knockoff brand or the drugstore brand? What does she do for entertainment? Does she like to travel? Does she like to go to shows? Or is she someone who likes to stay at home and watch Netflix and have takeout or eat popcorn in front of the TV? Understanding these things helps you to create content that speaks to the person you are trying to bring in. And you can have different avatars for different offers. So I have a different avatar for many of my different offers. Um... They serve different people. So for example, I have Business Breakthrough Accelerator. That targets one type of business owner. But then I have my high-level mastermind. And that targets a completely different business owner, someone who is much further along in the journey, someone who is making much more money, someone who has much bigger and different goals than someone who would be interested in the first course, Business Breakthrough Accelerator. So I have different avatars for different offers. So it is okay to do that. Now, what's most important when really figuring out your ideal client avatar is her problems and her desires. What are her struggles? What are her pain points? And then what does she want? What are the solutions to the problems she has? Now, oftentimes, business owners try to sell solutions to the external problems. But we as consumers buy solutions to the internal problems. So for example, the external problem is losing weight. So oftentimes we think, okay, people want to lose weight. That's what I'm going to sell. But the reality is that we don't buy something because we have to lose weight. We buy something because of the internal struggles, the internal problems that the external problem of losing weight presents. So maybe we lack confidence because we have to lose weight. So that's affecting our performance at work. We don't have any clothes that fit. So we show up to work and we're really uncomfortable. And that impacts how we carry ourselves in meetings. Maybe it's impacting our relationship and intimacy because we don't want to get naked. And that's impacting our marriage. Maybe we have zero energy for our children and we feel so bad because we can't play with them or chase them or throw them and we feel like terrible parents. 
So when someone is trying to sell us the solution to weight loss, it doesn't really hit home like it would if they were trying to sell us the solution to all of those internal problems of having more confidence at work, of having a better relationship in the bedroom, of having the energy and the excitement to play with our children and be the mothers we wished we would be. So when you are thinking of your ideal client avatar, I really encourage you to go beyond the external problems and the external desires and dig deep and really identify the internal struggles that she's dealing with and how she can overcome those. The third step is conducting and analyzing market research. Market research is the game changer for content creation. When you know exactly what your audience struggles with and wants and you use their language in your content, they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel like you get them, and they understand that you have the solution to their problem. And that makes them a hundred times more likely to take action on what you are presenting. Without market research, you are making assumptions. You are guessing what your audience needs, what they struggle with. And it isn't until you actually ask them that you have that aha moment and realize, oh, this is why my content isn't converting. So what you need to do is develop a series of questions that you will ask in Instagram story polls or ideally in a Google survey. So Instagram story polls are a great way to gather some initial data, some initial feedback. You want to ask questions, have polls and question boxes. It's great to have lots of open-ended questions where people can type their responses in or encourage them to DM you and then take screenshots of all of the results and have those saved in an album so that you can easily go back and reference those and then you can see okay the majority of my audience is actually more interested in intuitive eating than they are in macros. So I clearly need to teach more on intuitive eating. But when you create a Google survey, you can have better questions and more open-ended questions. And you can make each question required, which is great. Whereas with polls, people will skip over the ones they just don't feel like answering. So you're not getting a complete answer from any one person. Whereas if you create a Google survey, a Google form for free, and you pump that out to your audience, you are getting a clear picture, a comprehensive picture of each person who fills that out, which is great. So these questions can be a mixture of multiple choice, check boxes, so check all that apply. But most importantly, you want to have a lot of open-ended questions because you want to be able to look through the results and look for trends. And this is where the analyzing comes into play. When you use a Google form, the results are automatically placed into a Google spreadsheet or Google sheet for you. So then it becomes easier to look through all of the open-ended responses and look for phrases or words that were used repeatedly. So one of your questions should be, what is your biggest struggle with blank and insert whatever your niche, your industry, your business is. So for example, what is your biggest struggle when it comes to creating content for social media? 
That was one of my market research questions, and it has been so helpful. I was able to go through that column specifically, highlight all of the common phrases and words, and really identify what people struggled with. And all of my content that revolves around creating content comes from that column alone. And I make sure that I use those words and those key phrases in my content because then my audience, as they're reading, they think, wow, yes, this is exactly what I want. That's exactly what I struggle with. How did she know she's in my head? That's the power of market research. Another benefit to market research is you will always have something to post. Instead of just twirling your thumbs, looking at a blank screen, stressing over what the heck you're going to post that day, you can just open up your market research results, your spreadsheet, look for one of the problems someone told you they had and create a post around that. Now, the thing with market research is it will illuminate whether or not your ideal client avatar is in your audience. So you might create your ideal client avatar, have this beautiful picture of who it is you want to serve, and then do market research and realize that your ideal client avatar isn't in your current audience. So what do you do? Well, first, you have to create content for the audience you already have if you need to make money right now. So you have to look at your market research. What are their problems? What tips can you provide? What solution do you have? What offer can you sell them on right now? That is, if you can actually serve them. I'm not trying to tell you to sell snake oil and lure them with trickery when you really can't serve them. But if you have an offer that can serve your current audience, then you should be serving and helping them. All the while, you are out there finding your ideal client. Episode three walks you through how to grow your Instagram with the right people and talks about parallel audiences. So that's definitely something you want to go and check out. So you're engaging with your ideal client, you're bringing her to your page, and you're also creating content for your ideal client so that when she comes to your page, she says, wow, okay, this is really valuable. This is speaking to me. This is just what I needed. And she wants to stick around. So you're creating content for your current audience. And then you're also creating content for your ideal client so that as you're bringing her in, she wants to stay and then take advantage of your offers and whatever it is you are selling. Or you might find that your audience is full of your ideal clients. However, you just missed the mark on what they were struggling with. You made assumptions, you guessed on what their issues were and created content around that, when in reality, based on the market research, they have a different set of problems and struggles. And now you have clarity and can create content that really speaks to their struggles. So market research helps you to create content that really speaks to the people you're trying to serve and also helps you evaluate your audience to see if it's filled with the people you want to work with or if you have to work on growing your audience with ideal clients. Step four is create a content calendar based on your goals and your market research. If you are someone who flies by the seat of your pants and has no clear content plan or strategy, that has got to change. So the first thing you need to do is identify what key dates are coming up this month. 
When are you going to be launching a new program or starting a new group or opening the cart to your new offer? And then you want to map out what content supports that launch or that key date. And what can you post 14 days leading up to that event? So if you are opening a new business mentorship, then 14 days before that business mentorship, opens, you need to be providing value, telling stories, sharing results. All of your content should be geared towards promoting and selling that business mentorship. It shouldn't just be random pictures of your kids, random pictures of the sunset, whatever you feel like posting. Every single post you make should have a purpose and an intention and a strategy. This is also where you look at your market research and you identify those trends. You look at what are people really struggling with? How can I create content that serves them, that gives them appetizer-sized portions for free? Here's a quick tip for a quick win. This establishes you as a credible authority so that when you say, hey, cart is open, mentorship is open, you can now buy this from me, Your audience, your ideal clients are saying, wow, I learned so much from her for free already in just the past two weeks of her free content that this is a no-brainer. Imagine what I will learn or gain or get by getting this paid offer or joining her. This also goes for your stories, your reels, IGTV, Facebook Live, emails that you are sending out. It's no longer just posting or sending whatever you feel like sending to cross something off your list. Instead, it's looking at your market research or looking at your ideal client avatar. And sometimes it's reading between the lines. So for example, when I was promoting my high ticket mastermind, I asked myself, what are some of the hesitations my ideal mastermind member might have with investing? And then I created a series of content that addressed those hesitations. So you have to think, okay, what content can I provide to establish myself as a credible authority, to give my ideal clients some quick wins, to have them say, holy cow, I cannot wait to work with you because you've changed my life already. And then what objections or hesitations does she have that maybe she hasn't verbalized to you yet, or maybe she has. I feel like every time you get an objection or hesitation, you should make a running list of those, and that should become a content pillar that you are consistently addressing in your stories, in your reels, in your emails, in your posts, all of that, all the places. The biggest shift you have to make as a business owner is going from making your social media all about you and instead making it for your ideal client. What does she need to hear each day for the next 7, 10, 14 days so that when this offer is available and she can buy or join, she will hop on it with no hesitations. And I want to share that this episode is sponsored by my course, The Social Sales Content Bundle, everything you need to grow your brand, your business, and your bank account by making sales on social, proven caption formulas, headlines, calls to action, 
multiple video trainings that walk you through the strategy of developing your content pillars and your content calendar, and some new additions. Canva templates with carousel posts, as well as IG reels prompts and song suggestions, a whole library to help you make sales effortlessly. If you are interested in snagging the social sales content bundle, then click on the show notes and you can find the link there. And our final and fifth tip is create content that speaks to your ideal client avatar. So now we're taking everything that we've done so far and we're actually putting it into play. There are tons of different caption formulas. As I said, I teach nine different ones in the sales bundle, but there are two that I just want to briefly touch upon in this episode. The first one is storytelling. So a fun little activity for you to do is to go through your market research and to create a chart. And on one side of the chart, you will have your ideal client problems. And then on the other side of the chart, you are going to write stories that you have around that same problem. So for example, if you are in health and fitness, And one of the people who took the market research survey said that they struggle with binge eating on the weekends. And that's something that you have struggled with in the past. You would follow your meal plan and do great Monday through Friday. And then Friday after work, you would go balls to the walls, eating whatever you want. And then you would wake up Monday morning feeling so gross and disgusted with yourself. So you would go back on your diet. And that was this never ending cycle. Well, that is a story that you have that relates to your ideal client. So you want to create a chart that lists all of your ideal client's problems based on your market research or what you have come up with. If maybe you don't have a big audience yet and you didn't get a lot of people to take your market research survey or answer polls. And then on the right side, you are going to list stories that you have that relate to those problems. You do not want to make up stories or fabricate anything here. These are things that you've actually experienced. And then you want to create posts around these. And you want to paint that picture of here's what my life was like. Just like I just described, you were on point Monday Monday to Friday. You packed your lunches. You ate healthy dinners. You didn't have any dessert at night, and then Friday at 5 p.m. hit and it was like you were taken over by a binge eating monster and you couldn't stop all weekend. Then you want to share the transformation. What was your breaking point? What did you do? How did you stop the binge eating? What is life like now that you are on the other side? What have you learned? And then have that call to action of, I can guide you through this. My new mentorship is starting. I'm now hosting one-on-one discovery calls. I'm now accepting applications to work with me one-on-one, whatever your offer may be. Telling those relatable stories speaks directly to your ideal client avatar. It allows her to see herself in your story and to know that you've been through it. You know how she feels, but you also have the solution that she is seeking. Every single time I made a post about my thighs and told a story about my thighs and how they embarrassed me and crazy things that I would do to hide them, I would get tons of messages from people saying, oh my gosh, I could have written this myself. I so relate. This is me. Are you in my head? How do I sign up? I'm ready. I need to do this. So storytelling is so incredibly powerful. 
The second type of post that I recommend making is value. As I've said multiple times in this episode, you need to be giving free tips, free advice, appetizer-sized portions of what you really offer so that people are like, oh my gosh, I gotta pay for the dinner. I'm here for the entree and for the dessert. This is where your market research comes into play. Go through the results and figure out what tips you can provide to solve those problems. Three tips for blank. Five tips for blank. I heard you. I know you're struggling with this. Here's my top tip. So you're not giving away all of your goods. Right? I reserve my best content for my paying students and my paying clients, but I provide a lot, a lot of free content and value on my social media. And these value posts are a great way to switch up your feed and to create more shareable content. This is where the tweet images can come into play, or you can go into Canva and create a quote image or an infographic or a graph that people are learning from, they're saving, and they're sharing. The more value you can provide, the more people are going to see you as a credible authority, someone that they trust, that they want to work with, that they want to give their money to. And then obviously you want to have those public pitches in your stories and in some of your feed posts. You want to be telling people what you need them to do. Click the link in your bio to sign up for a call with you or to snag the special offer or to get on your email list or to complete the application whatever it may be. If you're not making those public pitches, then you're not going to be selling. And it's a lot easier to do this in your stories. The people who watch your stories are your ride or dyers. They are the ones who are there for it and who really know, like, and trust you. So you should be making those pitches in your stories more frequently than in your feed posts, but both need to happen if you want to stop having to send invites and DMs and reach out to people. And also remember to be very clear on your differentiator or your philosophy. What makes you different from the other people in your industry? So you can easily create a post that says, unlike other coaches, I won't tell you to do blank. Remember, it's okay to be a little sassy and to really set yourself apart from everyone else and then follow through with your value. What is your unique approach? What are your tips and how are they different from what other people are teaching or promoting? And that is it, my friends. To recap, the five tips for creating content that converts. Number one, define your secret sauce or your philosophy. What makes you different? Number two, identify your ideal client avatar and make sure that every time you create content, you're creating it for her. Number three is conduct and analyze market research. And then make sure that you are utilizing your market research every single time you create any sort of content. All content should come from your market research and from your ideal client avatar. Number four is create a strategic content calendar based on your sales goals, your key dates, and your market research. And then lastly is compose content that speaks to your ideal client avatar. When you tell stories that she can relate to, when you provide value and free tips, when you share your philosophy and what makes you different, it will be a no-brainer. She will say, wow, 
This person has gone through what I am going through. This person has the answers. This person has taught me so much already for free. I have to do this with her. And it will become a no-brainer. You will easily get your followers to convert to clients. And they will trust you. You will have built that relationship publicly instead of in the DMs. The holy grail of content marketing is getting your ideal client to say, wow, she's in my head. Wow, I feel like I could have written this myself. Wow, I needed to hear this today. Wow, this helps me so much. And the only way you can make that happen is if you are clear on your ideal client avatar and if you've done your research and if you are being strategic with the content you are creating when you are putting it out. And then obviously, if you're telling stories, and you are adding value. And as a reminder, the Social Sales Content Bundle will walk you through all of this, plus much, much more in greater detail and give you proven formulas to use in order to get customers banging down your door. Thank you for tuning in. I hope to see your content game elevated on social media. Be sure to tag me if you are listening to this episode. Tell me what you thought of it. Subscribe so you are notified when new episodes drop. And most importantly, get out there and make those money moves.